Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. How's your sock drawer looking? Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. Bombas just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks, tees, and underwear to help you get that drawer in a better place while doing a little bit of good. Look, when I open up my uh, sock drawer and I see a clean pair of Bombas sitting on top, not only do my feet sort of jump for joy, but like... I can't wait to get them on my feet because I know they're going to be cozy. I know they're going to be the best socks in the house. And I know that they're going to keep me going all day long. They've got some great details that have been obsessed over, including the honeycomb arch support, which I love. Anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of a heel that goes up a little, just a just a smidge higher. Like in a, whatever the perfect amount higher is, that's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out. Uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet. Not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. And Bombas is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you purchase an item, Bombas donates an item. That's right. Every time you buy their socks, tees, or underwear, you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. To date, Bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting. I mean, Bombas can make returns easy as well. I uh, don't know why you'd return anything because what? But they do have a 100% happiness guarantee. So if the dryer or your dog eats a sock or if you're unhappy with your purchase for virtually any reason, they'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. That's right. They have garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintagey colored rib socks. You know, those like... You know, uh, stripes on the top of it. It's like, oh, hey, look at me. I'm a vintage uh, soccer player or track person. They've got those, too. And they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff. You know, for all you frill seekers out there, folks, all I'm saying is you heard me talk about Bombas for years now. I don't know why you haven't done anything about it. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel thank you. Hey everybody, welcome to a special bonus episode of Matt and Dory's Excellent Adventure. I'm Matt. I'm Dory. You've earned this bonus episode by pre-ordering Dory Shafir's book called Startup, a novel. Over 1,500 times. That's how many times it took to get us to do yet another amazing episode. I'm going to turn Dory up just a hair. Hi. To match me. How do I sound now? Yeah, I mean, my, my voice is certainly more booming. Well, you have a more booming voice uh, we want to start this by uh stating for the record that if you listen to the audiobook of dory shafrir's startup a novel uh she didn't want them to say jiff the end <laughs> okay glad we got that out of the way yep um what else is going on um there's just one item of business it's we're a real gonna, free-flowing conversation we're gonna share mo- we're gonna save most business for monday's episode there's just one order of business, which is my Reddit AMA is Friday. Oh, yeah. Dory has a Reddit AMA. That's an Ask Me Anything uh, Friday. 
It's at 9 a.m. Pacific. What's the date? 12 p.m. Eastern, May 12th. May 12th. 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern. And what what subreddit is this AMA going in? No idea. Oh. And how was this organized? Through Reddit. They asked? You asked. Uh, my publicist asked? I don't know. Oh, It's right. an official AMA. Does it get you like... I mean, I would be worried. My big fear doing an AMA is that I would get six questions. Uh, yeah. Why do you think I'm promoting it on this here podcast? That would be my big... Uh, that'd be my big worry. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Okay. I'm worried. I'm glad we're both worried about it. I, I, you know, I just... I hope people ask me questions. It'll be fine. No one reads most of them anyway. Except the ones that are like horribly embarrassing. Yeah, but like you're not Woody Harrelson. It's not going to be a problem. How do you know? I'm pretty sure you're not Woody Harrelson. Mm, well. If you were, that'd be awesome because I'd be married to someone on Cheers. Cool. Um, oh, also we should tell everyone that we got Bo a microphone toy. Uh, that is another bit of business we should get to. Yep. Uh, Bo got a stuffed squeaking microphone toy. Uh, paid for by a listener who said, use this donation to pay for a microphone, a microphone toy. toy for Bo. <laughs> so Dory uh, listened and ordered one from... Someone sent me a link to one on BarkBox. There you go, BarkBox. And we ordered it and he's having a great time with it so far. It's a, it's his first squeaky tug of war toy. It's not. It's not? The duck. The duck had a rope? Yeah. Oh, that's right. That, well, I think that was a pheasant. Okay. I think it was a mallard. You do? I do. Mm. You might be right. It had a green it had head. had a green head. Yeah, you're right. Beak, yeah. What happened to that duck? You know, I think the outside got to it. Ah. Uh, um, you know, Bo, we were just looking at Bo. Um, I was just looking at the first, the Bo's picture on Instagram. We got Bo from Ace of Hearts Rescue in Los Angeles. And there's a picture of him from uh, March of last year was right before we adopted him and uh their description described him as uh sweet and goofy yeah but in another photo they said he was great with people and dogs did they when yes there there was a second photo of him oh did you go back and yes because once you said that i was like i'm gonna go back and look too i want to see what he looked like so i went back and looked and there's a second photo of him like a week later Uh and it was like bo's gonna be at our adoption event this week He's great with people and dogs. I think when he's sad, he's yeah. great with people and dogs. Because he's like on his best behavior. Yeah. Like he really put on a show for us. He fully did. Um, he was like, I'm the chillest dog in the universe. Yeah, we walked around the block. There was a couple of women and two uh, young girls that had leftovers. Bo just sniffed the bag and walked by them also we had like 10 people over like two weeks after we got him and he was soups chill he was so chill yeah huh interesting Bo, hang in there buddy <laughs> um uh, so we should probably get to these bonus episode questions because we have uh 22 pages of them yeah so in the tradition of many a great sports radio station we're doing a free form friday even though it's not friday where we talk about anything nothing on the agenda we don't have to talk about the patriots or the red Sox. we're going to talk about whatever you guys wanted to talk about so with that we put out a call for some bonus questions 
And you guys gave us 21 pages of bonus questions. 22. There you go. Shall we? Yes. Single spaced, I should say. Yeah. Single spaced. I mean, I put it in 12 point font because it was our, in very small And our font, eyes aren't great. But yeah, we're both very pages. old. Yes, indeed. Uh, this is bonus episode two. Bonus questions. This is the first one uh, comes from A. Yeah. I met and started exclusively dating my husband, my now husband, when I was 20. We were in our early 30s, happily married with one... We are now, sorry. We are now in our early mm. 30s. It didn't make any sense no. unless you had a TARDIS. Uh, <laughs> that's a time and relative dimension in space. That's what Doctor Who travels in. That was uh, for an explanation for Dory, not I, for the audience. I know what a TARDIS is. Oh, I'm sure you do. Hardwick's wedding invitation was a TARDIS. That's true. What's the thing about a TARDIS? It's interior. I don't know. Bigger on the inside. You go inside and it's like a giant spaceship. Ooh. (laughs) Cool. That's right, guys. I married somebody who knows nothing about Doctor Who. And I got to tell you, I'm pleased with that. (laughs) Uh, I was very inexperienced, inexperienced romantically when we met. But when you meet the right person, the universe just clicks into place. I agree with that statement. Recently, through counseling and introspective, I realized that I am bisexual. Did not see this going there. Uh, It's a strange realization to come to in your 30s, let alone when you are in a happy, quote, hetero, end quote, marriage. My question, should I come out to the world? You just did. Uh, My husband knows, of course, as do a couple of friends, but that's it. When I'm filling out medical forms, I check the bisexual box now. And I suppose if anyone asked, I would tell them I'm bi. Nobody asked, though, because I'm married to a dude. This revelation does not change my relationship status. We're happy in monogamy. I'm not seeking a relationship with anybody else. Best wishes. Hey. There's a lot to wrap your head around in this. There's a lot to unpack. Uh, where Where do you begin? Well, it's interesting because... Like, I think what she's really saying is she feels like she needs to be her authentic self. Right. And in order to do that, she feels like she needs to kind of publicly declare that, even if it's kind of just for herself. Right. You know? But she's happily married. But she's happily married, she says. In monogamy. To a man. And she's not seeking a relationship with anybody else. I I have very I have so mixed feelings I'm, about I'm this. I'm like confused as to inherently does that indeed make you bisexual? Yeah, I think it can make you bisexual. Just because I she's mean, not... it's like an if then, you know. What do you mean? If I'm in a monogamous, happy marriage, just because you're bisexual male, doesn't mean you can't be monogamous. Then but then you don't get to explore the other half of you. Right. Which is very, doesn't sound totally fulfilling. I agree. I. Well, I honestly, it sounds like the first step would be, yes, come out. Yeah. But also be prepared to deal with a lot of questions. Questions like I just asked. Yeah. And, you know, your husband might get a lot of questions too. Oh, I'm sure he'll get some rabble rousing. You know? 
which is not to say you shouldn't do it. Just like know that that might happen. And, you know, it might also be a conversation to have with your husband about possibly having an open-ish marriage. It'd be interesting to hear how you felt about that on his side of things. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm I'm like, I'm just sort of riffing here. I mean, she's been with this guy since she was 20. Mm-hmm. And she's she's just now coming to this realization. And they're in their early thirties with a with a with a baby. With a baby. With a science baby. I know. Or maybe she shouldn't. I don't know. I feel like I don't I don't have great advice. Here's on this my front. question though. Okay, so let's rereading this. I realize that I'm bisexual. It's a strange realization to come to in your thirties, let alone when you are in a happy hetero marriage. Uh there's a part here where I'm feeling on medical forms bisexual. I suppose if anyone asked, I would tell them I was bi. Nobody asks, though, because I'm married to a dude. The jingling you hear is Bo's collar. He's scratching his neck. neck. <laughs> He's been a little scratchy lately. Uh-oh. Yeah. All right. I'll put more flea stuff on him. Wait till he sleeps. Okay. Um, so if nobody's asking... I don't know. I don't know it's either. It's so weird. I, I, I feel like this not is... The, not you, not your, not your being bisexual. That's not weird. The right. situation you have found yourself in. Although it has to be not like common, but this has to be a situation that people have found themselves in. It's interesting though, because it's like, you know, do people... I don't... I don't know. I'm, I'm, I would love to hear from listeners who have either been in this situation or perhaps have contemplated being in this situation or are bisexual and have advice. Um, because I don't know that we can offer great advice on this topic. We certainly can offer our best guesses. Yeah. Which is to, I think if you're happy, then continue to be happy. Yeah. I think if you find yourself unhappy because you're not fully expressing yourself, then you might want to make a change. Yeah. I think that's good advice. <sighs> that I think that's probably the heaviest question we got. It's pretty heavy. Yeah. And an interesting conundrum. Indeed. Uh, hi, Matt and Dory. This one comes from Connor. Uh, Matt, did you get the Nintendo Switch? I bought it and put about 50 to 75 hours into Zelda so far. Answer to that question is I have not bought a Nintendo Switch, nor do I intend to buy a Nintendo Switch because I'm pretty happy with my PlayStation 4. Mm. Um, I've been playing Metal Gear Solid. I put about 150 hours into Metal Gear Solid, and I'm 50% done with the game. That's a lot of hours. Sure is. A lot of that happened, though, in the middle of the night. Anyway... That's that. That's it. Man, have you purchased any guitars lately? The answer to that question is I have not purchased any guitars lately. Uh, been playing a Collings D, a 290 DC and TV Yellow lately quite a bit. And I've been playing uh, Dusenberg Mike Campbell lately. You've also been playing a lot of jazz. I've been playing a lot of jazz. That's true. <laughs> Because of the guitars I've been playing are not guitars I normally play. 
And I think that guitars want to be played a certain way. I understand. Some want to be played jazzy, you know? Yeah. Some, You know, my Telecaster wants to be played twangy. Yeah, sure. Strat wants to be played like Hendrix. You can't force a guitar to play in a way that it doesn't, that it wasn't meant to be played right. in. Unless it's a Paul Reed Smith, the, the custom 24 Paul Reed Smith that I have sounds... It, it, I, I feel like it can literally make any sound you need a guitar to make. Mm, it's a very versatile guitar. Uh, just want to share an awesome company with you called Rondo Music. I know you mentioned having trouble finding lefty instruments. For someone who has trouble finding lefty instruments, I qu- have quite a few. Uh, <laughs> I have a couple uh, Aguile guitars from them, and they are my favorite guitars that I own. I would stay away from SX, although they're cheap and decent, and get an Aguile. The Les Paul copies are great. I see those a lot on Reverb, um, and they seem pretty reasonably priced for what they are. Maple Cap and everything, like, this is a lot of stuff that no one else wants to hear, but yeah. Except for uh, our Fret Files crossover listener. <laughs> uh, hope you guys have success with the next round, whenever that happens to be. Connor, thank you, Connor, for your for your email dory will now read the next one we are changing pages everybody numbered pages that's right hey mountain dory which kids books are you psyched to read to your future children (sighs) make way for ducklings off the top of my head i remember being a huge fan of the very hungry caterpillar the velveteen Mm -hmm. rabbit and the tommy depella book bill and pete about a young crocodile and his best pal pete would love to hear your picks yeah, so Cheers, my f- Sarah. favorite books as a children's books when I was a kid was Make Way for Ducklings. Love that book. And Are You My Mother? Mm, yeah, both great books yeah. that I have referenced like in adulthood. They're both about like a mom and her and her brood, kind of. Yeah, well, I mean, that's what interesting. I, but Make Way for Ducklings, I just enjoyed for its local flair. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, you could see the ducklings in the public garden. That's right. For those of you who don't know, Make Way for Ducklings, a children's book, takes place in Boston. And a, a mother duck is crossing the street with her ducklings so that people have to make way for the ducklings. Mm-hmm. Um, my favorite children's book of all time, picture book, is probably Eloise about the yep. spoiled little girl who lives in the plaza but like is kind of neglected. Mm-hmm. She kind of runs wild in the plaza. In fact... Um, my copy of Eloise. Well, Matt will get mad if I get up and go get it. Yeah, you don't need to get it. It has my name and address written in it from when I was like five or six. Somerville or Brookline? Brookline. Uh huh. Um, and I was like very into that book. Um, love that book. Love other Robert McCloskey's. How do you say his name? Books. Don't know. He wrote Make Way for Ducklings. Like he wrote Blueberries for Sal which takes place in Maine. It's got great book. Local flavor all over. Um, I, you know, I always had a soft spot for Curious George. Sure. Very endearing little monkey. Uh, Green Eggs and Ham, of course. I was a big fan of that. Yeah. That was the first book I read cover to cover. Oh, Dr. Seuss. Until I read The Great Gatsby. That was the second book I read cover to cover. How old were you? When I read The Great Gatsby? Yeah. Fifth grade? That was only the second book you had read cover to cover. Cover to cover. I would get so bored with books. Oh, boy, guys. We are different people. Oh, man. I would read books several times over. 
Well, that's as you. a child, I had television. That is me. Yeah, I did not have television. Um, and I, yeah, I like all the very hungry caterpillar books. All the books by by Eric, um, whose name I'm blank. His last name, Dick, Dick Carl, Eric Carl, Eric Carl. I think is his last name. Um, he has some. He has some great books. There's a whole, but there's like a whole new slew of children's books that I've been like buying for my niece and nephew and my friend's kids. Like the day the crayons quit books like that. Sounds heady. Is that about a labor strike? Yeah, kind of. Oh boy. And then there's a whole series of books with a pigeon. Okay. (laughs) You know, I also liked Ferdinand the bull. It's a very sad book. Caps for sale. Okay. Um, a lot of great recommendations. Yeah. Those are things we'll read to our future science baby. Yep. Or Bo. Oh, and Maurice Sendak. Like in the night kitchen where the wild things are. What about uh, what about Shell Shell Silverstein? Shell Silverstein. Who wrote the lyrics you know, to A Boy Named Sue, the Johnny Cash song. Oh, interesting. The Giving Tree is extremely dark. Uh huh. But where the sidewalk ends is not. Correct. I mean, it's it is, but it's like melancholy. The Giving Tree is is like depressing. Okay. Anyway. Um. All right. Hi, Matt and Dory. Um. My husband and I are moving out of state and are feeling a little lost. We are from Michigan, and neither of us have ever have ever lived anywhere but here. This is where our friends and family are. It's our home. My husband will have a job right away, Mm -hmm. but I will not. Everything is feeling a little bit overwhelming and stressful right now. We are newlyweds, married in October 2016 Mm -hmm. as well. So this is the first really, this is really the first big challenge we have had to face together. You guys have moved out of state across the country a couple times, right? Is there Mm -hmm. any advice you can give us on how to maintain our sanity and get settled in a brand new place without stress getting the best of us? Thank you, Lauren. Yeah, so when I moved to Los Angeles, California, yes, uh, I only knew one person. That was my roommate Heath. Yep, who I'd known since preschool. Yep, um, and I set out. I sort of rolled into it the way I would, the way I knew how. So the things that I liked doing back in Massachusetts was going to bookstores and getting coffee at Starbucks. So those were the things I started to do. And then I, the first, my first order of business was to find a job. I don't know if you're planning on working. Um, but I mean, it's just about finding your routine. Yeah. And, uh, knowing that you have those things. Yeah. And the beauty of a, the beauty of a chain, you know, which is something a lot of people aren't huge fans of, but what I like about it is, I go in and order something it's going to taste the same in california or massachusetts so you're saying have some consistency with yeah. your old life yeah so i moved to la as a single person but i can tell you what i observed in couples who moved to los angeles together mm. which is I I saw a lot of couples who were in a similar situation where one member of the couple had a job and the other did not. And 
I, I think that there is a danger for that second person to become lonely and depressed. Totally. And if you can't, I, I mean, maybe you're not working for some reason, but I think the, the best thing to do would be to try and find a job as soon as possible. That's number one. And while you're looking for a job, I think you need to do as much as you can outside the house and not get stuck in the house all day. Can you not totally. do that? I'm sorry. I'm fiddling with a Volvo key. Um, and, you know, I, I think like whether it's like going to yoga or taking an art class or just doing stuff, I think that's really important. I, I did what Shonda Rhimes later turned into a book, which is the year of yes. Like I basically <laughs> did that my first year in LA. Like I said yes to everything. Like if someone invited me to something, I said yes. Uh-huh. And I think that's a good rule for you. I think it's going to be important for you to make your own friends that are not your husband's like colleagues, wives or right. your husband's colleagues. Um, and just try to have, try to make a little bit of your own life that's not necessarily only connected to your husband because I think that is a recipe for depression. I agree. Routine, job. And getting out of the house. I get Dory says job, routine. So I'm saying routine, job. If you do those in either order, I think yeah. you'll be okay. Um, all right. Here's another email. Um, let us know how it works out. Yeah, please let us know. So this, this woman is, um, th- she's talking about uh, getting engaged to her boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then she says, so my question has nothing to do with actually getting engaged or getting married or anything like that. I just hate calling him my boyfriend. It sounds like we're dating or don't live together. Like we're not permanent, mm-hmm. but I don't necessarily want to use fiance since, w- since when he will propose has become a cheeky game around our house. Oh, as writers, could you think of another name for our relationship that doesn't sound like we're business partners or something? Part. Oh, so partner is out because that would sound like you're a business partner. Yeah. Betrothed. No, but they're not betrothed. Yeah. Future husband? Oh, I mean... Husband of the future? Uh, domestic ally? Domestic partner? <laughs> domestic ally. Mm. Life partner? Cohabitator? I mean... There's they're all very clinical. They're very. I was just going to say, none of them sounds romantic in any way, shape, or form. Your co-pilot. My co-pilot. Yeah. It's my co-pilot. I mean, I like that. There you go. I don't know if people would get it. Well, I think they don't have to get it. Yeah. I think that the bond between Goose and Maverick is stronger than any bond. That's true. Including marriage. Hmm. Um, Also, the bond between Iceman and Merlin and uh, Jester and... Yeah, there's just a lot of uh, Top Gun call signs out there. Co-pilot. What do you think of that? I don't hate it. You're piloting through life together. Yeah, no, I I don't hate it. I don't hate it. It's got your six, you know? Yep. Um, All right. New page. New page. Dory pointed at the top. 
Well, because the the very first sentence is the continuation of. Well, that's from N. Yeah, that's from N. All the best, she says, or he says. She. She says. Yeah. Uh, Hi, Dory, Matt, and Bo. Now on to my actual question: If Paris Geller was a real fertility doctor, would you have her be your doctor? Why or why not? Um, I would have Paris do anything possible in my life. I'm a big fan of Paris Geller. I think she's the greatest character in the history of Gilmore Girls. And, uh, yeah. I mean, she's a go-getter. She gets things done. So, she, if, I, she, if Paris Geller wanted to put a baby in us, she'd do it. Cool. That's how I feel. Great. Anything? No. <laughs> but I agree. Uh Hi, Matt and Dory. Double X. That's from Christine. Thank you, Christine, for that question. I always like talking about Paris Geller. Uh, Do I remind you of Paris Geller? No. You're uh, You're not a doctor and a lawyer. Apparently, I had a great, great uncle who was a doctor and a lawyer. All right. Well, then he reminds me of Paris Geller. But he died at, like, age 39. Uh And the rumor in the family was that he was gay. But this was in like the 30s. Oh. Yeah. Okay. We'll whisper about it then. Okay. Don't want time travelers to hear us. Yeah. Uh, hi, Matt and Dory. I live in Norwalk, California, which is not too far from downtown LA. <laughs> where is it? I don't know where Norwalk, California I mean, is. It's, yeah. Anyway. Is uh, it one of those places where if they were on House Hunters, they'd yes. be like, Norwalk, California, only a 10 minute drive from minute downtown drive LA. To downtown LA. Okay, uh, but me and my boyfriend never seemed to make it to West LA, Silver Lake, Los Feliz. Uh, Los Feliz. I know we say Los, Los Feliz. I know we say that too. My problem with, with Los Feliz and Los Feliz and Los Feliz <laughs> is that we've never, as a society, agreed on how to pronounce it. The idea of saying Los to me is ridiculous because we say Los Angeles. We say Los Angeles. So we're either going to start saying Los Angeles, which is correct, or we're just going to say Los Feliz. Thank you. Uh, we have no idea what to do once we get there, when they get to the areas we were just talking about. So I was wondering if you could recommend any restaurants, museum, parks, day night ideas in that area, since I believe you guys live in that general direction. We do live in the general direction. Uh, Sorry to make such a California question for the rest of your listeners. Oh, we go Boston all the time. Keep up the great work, Brandy. Uh, let's put together the perfect day for them Ooh. in West LA, Silver Lake, and Los, Los Feliz. Feliz. <laughs> Los Feliz. Well, I mean, my mind immediately went to the observatory. Yeah, that's a stop. I would say do that at night. Yeah. Uh, because you'll get a great view of all of the areas you just mentioned. Yeah. Uh, you know, start with a great breakfast. Where would you send them to breakfast? It depends on how they want it. If they want to like fully experience what it's like on the east side, send them to Squirrel. Oh yeah. And I would get there. Wait in line. Yeah. Wait in line. Experience. Like absorb all the coolness. Yep. And if uh, you see the pastry chef, uh, Sasha, tell her I said hello. Uh, but go to Squirrel, get some delicious foods. Yeah, that's a good idea. Uh, and then your next stop, you're going to probably want to go to the museum at that point. I would say go to LACMA, mm. Los Angeles County Museum of Art. Uh, they could also go downtown, go to the Broad. 
You go to the Broad. If you wanted to go to West LA, you could go to the Arm and Hammer. The Hammer Museum? Yeah. Or the Getty. Or the Getty. Boy, there's a lot to do out here. There's um, there's also, um, what is it, MoCA downtown? Yep. yep. The Contemporary Art Museum. Yep. There's a lot of museums in Los Angeles. That's, there's also the Holocaust Museum. That's maybe your second date. Mm. Um, and lunch. Good lunch spot. Go to Inksac. Get a sandwich. Or what about Republique? Go to Republique. Get a burger. Yeah. Republique's a great restaurant. Uh, and then drive up to Griffith Observatory. Maybe you want to cap your night off that way. I don't know. Yeah. But there's there's a ton to do. Oh, man. you could go to you know you could go to Barnsdale. No. What I love Barnsdale. Terrible up there. What? It's so close to the sun. <laughs> <laughs> if you watch Big Little Lies, the school the the theater exteriors are shot in Barnsdale. I hate it up there. I love it. I there's know. a there's a big shady part where I had my birthday picnic a couple of years ago. Yep. That was when we first met. And Matt did things. And I was suckered into everything. Uh, but yeah, the point is there's a lot to do. If you want to go to a dinner, I mean, you've already eaten at Republican Squirrel. You're probably going to be pretty full. But if you can squeeze out a dinner, there's a lot of options. Uh, I would recommend... I mean, think of a good, quick... Uh, go to Otis and Penelope. Stay on La Brea. <laughs> yeah, just stay on La Brea all day. <laughs> you can stay on La Brea all day and have a great time. Uh, thank you, Brandy. Next up, it's from Jordan. Hi, Matt, Dory, and Bo. I am currently a preschool pre-service teacher studying at the University of Minnesota. Note, I'm one of the few men in the field. Cool. I was wondering, what are, your, what are each of your philosophies around, or rather, about child care? Are you thinking Forest School, Montessori, Waldorf, uh, Reggio Emilia, Home Care, Forest school mentioned again. I think I know where your head's at. Uh, also, if you want, I could apply to be your nanny or not. It's really your choice, but you know that. Hope all goes well. Uh, Jordan. I do not know what any of those words mean. I, well, I know. I know Montessori, but I don't like really know what Montessori is. Oh, Waldorf. I did not know what Waldorf was. In my mind, I... In my mind, he was referring to Ralph... Uh, uh, Statler and Walder? No. Uh, oh, God. Use your words. Walden Pond. Oh, Thoreau. Yeah. That's where I was in my head. Mm. I was like, oh, existentialist? You can raise your child existentialist? That sounds fun. Be one with nature, head out there. and. I think that is kind of Waldorf. There you go. Well, uh, not that one. Um I don't know. I would just go with how I was raised. Uh, I turned out okay. I'd probably get him off the sweets early, or her, and uh, otherwise we're, we're going to have a great time. Um, we'll talk. Uh, he, he could go, like me, he or she could go to a daycare while uh, their mother's in a bowling league, and I could hang out. they could hang out at the bowling alley. I went to daycare from the time I was four months old, and I think it socialized me well. Yeah, I yeah I think daycare is a daycare is a pretty good thing. 
But beyond that, I haven't really started looking into various preschool philosophies. If you have any suggestions, let us know. <laughs> I'm really curious as to what this forest school situation is. Uh, maybe you have. Maybe it's like classes in a forest. Maybe that's why I went to Ralph Waldo Emerson. Henry David Thoreau. Emerson was also a existentialist, right? Yeah. Same group sure. of people. Yeah. Weren't they all hanging out writing together? No, their whole Thoreau was alone. That was his whole point. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Uh, one of us was an English major. The other was uh, an English minor. Uh, it sounds like, this is the next email, it sounds like you're doing another bonus episode, and I have a question for you about a possible future guest. If you reach out to Allison Rosen from Allison Rosen, your new best friend, uh, she and her husband Daniel would be great to have on. They went through IVF uh, to have their son, who's now a month or two old. I believe Matt has been on her podcast before, and she has a book to promote this this coming year as well book nerds unite uh we have you know i gotta tell you allison uh is lovely we've been trying to get that to happen for a very long time we live literally three blocks away from each other and uh i guess the answer to that question is stay tuned we can't say anything i don't know okay (laughs) (laughs) We'll end up over there, or she'll end up over yeah. here in the very near future. Yes. And that was from Jen in Portland, Maine. Oh, hey, see, another Portland fan. Uh, Jen, I think I, did I, we meet you, Jen? I, well, I condensed these emails. I believe she was at the uh, Portland event. Cool. Yeah. Um, this seems very... Let's see. This is all about... Michael Conley's novels, this next email. Okay. We said, ask us anything. That's true. Have you read Michael Conley's novels? Yes, I have. (laughs) If so, do you find yourself trying to recall the plot points and comparing them to the show? I do. Uh, My husband is constantly asking if certain moments from the same book uh, is the same in the book, but I try not to spoil the show for him. Well, the answer to that question is actually that uh, Conley, they use, uh, they usually, per season, they use three or four book plots per season and tie them all together Uh, and they have probably enough for a hundred seasons because there's so many bosch books right uh do you think they should bring in the lincoln lawyer i do barring there are no legal rights issues which i'm sure there are to the series i do think the legal and i think it yeah i absolutely think it should be mcconaughey this, they asked if I thought it should be McConaughey, and the answer is yes. You okay. played the Lincoln lawyer. All right. They're half-brothers, you know, honey. Oh. Bosch and the Lincoln lawyer. Oh, yeah, you did tell me that. I tell you that all the time. Yeah. You're, you don't listen, though. No, I do. When I say Bosch, you just shut down. They're half-brothers. Uh, do you ever get sick of Bosch's fight-the-system-go-against-the-grain attitude? Sometimes I do. Sometimes oh. I'm like, buddy, I, you'd probably solve this a lot easier if you just <laughs> used protocol. <laughs> Ugh. Sometimes I get annoyed with his lone wolf, mean coyote, I mean coyote approach, and I just want him to get over himself. I'm totally with you. I am totally with you. You didn't sign this email. I don't know who I'm talking to, but thank you. Uh, Currently reading Startup, a novel, and loving it. I'll be recommending the book and the podcast to anyone who will listen to me. And if anyone can't purchase a copy of the novel, use the library. The circulation of titles leads to funding in fact checking out a title can equate to about 70 dollars in funds down the line for your local branch for now oh that's depressing (laughs) anyway go to your library just wait till libraries are shut down check books out 
Okay, this is uh, another one addressed to Matt, Dory, and Bo. Most of them were addressed to all three of us. That's great. Bo's really a part of this podcast. Is he still here or did he He's go outside? He's licking his pot right now. Aw. Where's his microphone? Get him on, this. Get him on the air. Uh, I have two questions for the bonus episode. Matt, Grand Tour or new Top Gear with or without Chris Evans? The answer to that question is Grand Tour. Far superior to the new Top Gear. Number two. Yes. Since you're both writers, this is for both of you. I have a very difficult time when I begin a writing project or begin a new section of a longer project. The blank computer screen seems to taunt me. I don't know if either of you have the same issue, but if you do, I'd be very interested in hearing how you deal with it. Sincerely, Tom. Well, Dory's the real writer, so take it. Well, first of all, I think you need to turn off the internet. That's number one. Mm -hmm. Number two sometimes I find it useful to just start writing like anything, like even if it's not related to your, to your project. Yeah. Just to like loosen up the, you know, brain waves. Mm-hmm. Um, and I find sometimes when I'm stuck, I find outlines to be useful. Like to just start outlining. Yeah. Um, although you can also get like bogged down in your outline. That's true. The other thing that I've found helpful and I do this a lot in journalism is to write the first paragraph last. Oh yeah, sure. You're writing your thesis statement at the end. Right. You don't know. Yeah. So sometimes like you feel so much pressure to like get that perfect first paragraph that you can't even get started. But if you just sort of start in the middle a lot of stuff kind of falls out from there. Right. That's my advice. Uh, you know, and when I'm like, I once, you know, when I'm writing, I'm usually writing multiple things at one time. So I keep all the windows open for all those things. Mm. And when I get bored on one thing, I slide over to the other thing Mm. and I write. Oh, Oh, that's interesting. Um, I once wrote 10 Chevy commercials and I wrote them all at the same time. I remember that. So, there were, I was just like, man, this one's boring. Next. And then I would go back and forth. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So, naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. How's your sock drawer looking? Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. Bombas just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks, tees, and underwear to help you get that drawer in a better place while doing a little bit of good. Look, when I open up my uh, sock drawer and I see a clean pair of Bombas sitting on top, not only do my feet sort of jump for joy, but like... I can't wait to get them on my feet because I know they're going to be cozy. I know they're going to be the best socks in the house. And I know that they're going to keep me going all day long. They've got some great details that have been obsessed over, including the honeycomb arch support, 
which I love. Anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of the heel that goes up a little, just a just a smidge higher. Like in a, whatever the perfect amount higher is, that's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out. Uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet. Not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. And Bombas is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you purchase an item, Bombas donates an item. That's right. Every time you buy their socks, tees, or underwear, you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. To date, Bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting. I mean, Bombas can make returns easy as well. I don't know why you'd return anything because what? But they do have a 100% happiness guarantee. So if the dryer or your dog eats a sock or if you're unhappy with your purchase for virtually any reason, they'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. That's right. They have garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintagey colored rib socks. You know, those like you know, stripes on the top of it. It's like, oh, hey, look at me. I'm a vintage uh, soccer player or track person. They've got those too. And they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff. You know, if for all you frill seekers out there, folks, all I'm saying is you heard me talk about Bombas for years now. I don't know why you haven't done anything about it. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel thank you. Uh, hey, Dory, Matt, this is a question for Matt. When is there going to be another James Bonding? Oh, boy. I would love to hear you guys discuss how Gorley had a hell of a 95, and I saw there are talks of a new director being considered. The JB signal has been lit. Keep up the great works, guys. Wishing you the best, David. Uh, Matt Gorley and I had a long FaceTime slash Skype call this afternoon about this very thing. Uh, Stay tuned. James Bonding will return in... I don't know. but the, we're, the JB signal has been lit. Our plan is to go through the movies again, but force each other to watch the movies they don't like. It's going to be an interesting format, and we're going to have fun with it. And Matt Gorley and I will return with James Bonding. Another James Bond question. <laughs> we told them, ask us anything. Hi, Matt and Dory. I have two questions. My husband is a big James Bond fan and basically bribed me into watching the Bond movies because of the James Bonding podcast. He knew I enjoyed other podcasts with you, Matt, and with Matt Gourley. So I've begrudgingly watched more of the James Bond movies than I ever thought I would. My question is, Dory. Yes. Has Matt forced you to watch any James Bond films, and have you enjoyed them? Well, I should say I like James Bond and had watched quite a few matt is looking at me like i'm lying that isn't i'm not lying i'd watched many james bond films before we met Uh uh-huh now what what is so funny just because i'm not like a like a obsessive 
psycho about everything I'm into doesn't mean that I can't watch James Bond films and enjoy them. I don't have to be like the biggest James Bond expert no one's asking in North you to America. Be the biggest James Bond expert in North America. But it's America. like you scoff at me because I don't treat James Bond movies with the reverence that you no. think they deserve. My question is to you, have we ever watched a James Bond movie together? I think we watched Casino Royale One together. One movie and we're married. That's yeah. bananas. You don't like to watch anything with me. Well, I don't have to. Have we been together while I've been doing James Bonding? Barely. Uh, yeah, it's been a little while. Also, I took you to a Skyfall screening. No. You took us to Spectre. Spectre. I took you to a Spectre screening. Right? Or was it Skyfall? No, it was Spectre. It was Spectre. Skyfall, I went to a screening. I was working on Attack of the Show at the time. I went to a screening of Skyfall, and I was trying to get out of the aisle to go pee, and I stepped on an old man. Oh, no. Yeah. And it was... I took you and Gorley to Spectre. Yes, and there's a very adorable picture of us taking our pictures. So, you know what? Don't even start with I'm me. I'm not starting with you. You are starting with me. So, we watched that together then, Spectre, yes. right? Or did you just send Matt and I? No, no, no. I came. You did? Yes. I don't remember because really it was a date with Matt. Yes, I know, but I was there. <laughs> okay. It was in Century City. Uh, correct. You're correct. God. Personally, I think there are far too many slow-paced underwater chases, uh, chase scenes in the Roger Moore era movies. I like the Daniel Craig ones the best and will happily watch those multiple times. All right. I find the underwater boring scenes to all be featured in Thunderball. Uh, my second question is, I'm going to Paris with my mom in about three weeks. Do you have any recommendations for anything we absolutely must see while we're there since you were there so recently? Wishing you all the best, Amanda. Um, I would say go to Versailles. Sure. No. Uh-huh. I like Notre Dame. That was my favorite part. Yeah. Notre Dame. Notre Dame, Los Feliz. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i think if we if we had like planned it a little better we would have waited in line to go up to the tower but we didn't um sure i mean i'm fine that we didn't go up to the tower but we had a really cool tour but i really enjoyed the tour i enjoyed the versailles tour as well yeah I, i'm i'm all for tours of places the louvre i wish we had gotten a tour yeah the louvre by the way is you need 12 hours to do that 45 hours 100 hours you need like three days at least it's crazy yeah, there's it's so crazy. much stuff in there's there so but go stuff. see the louvre see versailles see notre dame uh and swing by the eiffel tower which we did not even do no i tried to get you to go and you because didn't we were go. well the problem was like every time i would walk the dogs with scott we'd be right at the eiffel tower anyway and i was uh -huh. just like i don't need to go up it mm. did you want to go up it yes no oh. well next time they're there till next year Oh boy! Uh, yeah, well, that's that's it for Amanda's question. And then Veronica, you asked a question about long distance relationships. Well, you wanted to share a story, and we're going to actually save your email for Sunday uh, because it was related to an episode, a non bonus question episode, and we're going to follow through with this this storyline. All right, uh, on Sunday's episode. So, Veronica. Please listen on Monday morning. Uh, oh, what do you think about this one? Um, I mean, 
it's it's a it's a decent question, but it has a lot of backstory. There is a lot of backstory in this one. So maybe we could skip it. Do you want to read it? No. I'm 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 reading. I'm reading it, guys. This is weird, right? She's basically asking if she and her husband should move. <laughs> Let me see if I can break this down for everybody. Uh, she has a question for us. She said congrats on startup. Uh, she's uh, going to read it on her mini vacation. I want you to know that, honey. Okay, thank you. Her husband and her, young professionals, software developer and architect with a seven-month-old baby. They live in a mid-sized city in the South, around 250,000 people. Okay? They've been there for eight years. Grew up in the state. Tons of family and friends. Uh, parents are even planning on moving there. Their first grandchild, uh, to see their, to be closer, they currently live three hours away from that child. Okay? Got it. Here's the issue. Yep. Husband has been offered a great job at a large tech company in a huge metro area, out of state, about five hours away eight hours from where my parents currently live it's a major flight hub a growing tech city and the cost of living is still relatively low do you think it's atlanta i was thinking it was north carolina Mm. like charlotte maybe maybe honestly we're just total guessing in the dark (laughs) uh would also present many new opportunities for uh me to practice architecture and on a larger scale basically sounds great for their careers right yeah Here's the hesitation she has. Should they move away from their friends and family just as they've started the family? You know, they have this new baby. Yeah. Uh, It would be cheap and quick flight from where we live now to the new city and by car a little less than five hours. As I said, Uh, they need to sell the house. It needs a fair amount of repairs, so that's a problem, right? That's going to take a little time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, they don't have enough savings for a down payment on a new house, and the housing market is very expensive in the new city. Mm. Uh, but it's not out of this world yet, so they could buy and sell for a profit later. Okay. Following me so far? Yep, I'm with you. Final hesitation, making okay. sure she has enough time to spend with their kid. Yeah. She's in daycare now, very close to where I work, and we have about a half hour to an hour commute currently, depending on traffic. A little worried the larger city would be worse for commutes. That's very true, as it is a sprawling southern city. More hints. Atlanta's it must be sp- Atlanta. sprawling. Uh, I'm looking at options to work part-time or work very close to where we live, so this might not be an issue. So, would you make the jump and move? They're both stable and fairly happy in their current jobs. Think that we could be doing a lot more and are yearning for a little adventure. Thanks in advance for the advice. Here's what I think. Go. I think it seems really scary, but this seems like the kind of thing that five or 10 years from now, if you don't do it, you're going to look back on it and regret that you didn't do it. That's exactly why I moved to Los Angeles. Boom. I said, you know, Matt, if you don't go now, you're never going to go. Yep. And I was young at the time, you know, 22, 23. And uh, it wasn't the same situation where I didn't have a family to deal with. I didn't have a, it was just me. So easier said than done, right? Right. Uh, No house to sell, nothing like that. So it was an easy move. 
but it was something that I said, if I don't do it now, I'll never do it. And I don't want to regret not doing it. Especially since it sounds like career wise, this is a good move is a great move. And look, maybe you go for five years and then you move back. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like this doesn't have to be your whole lives that you're going to move to this new city. But the the tenor of your email makes me think that you're already sensing that you will regret it if you don't at least try it. Yeah. That's I agree it. with that statement. All right. Cool. I know it seems daunting, but this seems like such the quickest question we've ever gotten. Why is your podcast not part of the Nerdist community? How did you launch it? Is that the whole question? Yeah. Uh, (laughs) It's not part of the Nerdist community because I try to uh, diversify my podcastings. Mm -hmm. Don't want all my holdings to be in one place. I understand. What if the big bank collapses? Yep. I don't want them to own this podcast. This is something I do with my wife. Yep. Uh, And I launched it very easily because I've been doing podcasts for 10 years and I know how to do everything on my own. Yep. It's like Matt has the podcasting badge from the Boy Scouts. Yeah, I do have the podcasting badge. Because if you remember, the Nerdist podcast started with Matt Meyer producing it uh, and hosting it and posting it. And you have a Nerdist network. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, uh, no, it's funny. At first, Hardwick was very, um, was very, how do I describe him? He was very... It was hard for him to let uh, someone else handle the posting of the podcast, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. So I probably did the first four, taught him how to do it, and then that was it. Mm. Then he just started doing it himself. Um, but yeah, that's the answer to that. The Nerdist, I'm Listen, I'm always part of the Nerdist community as a human being, and I will never not be. So that is that but this podcast is its own thing because it's with my dear wife dory and uh we just wanted to do something on our own true okay hi guys i have a life advice question for dory i just turned 23 and i'm currently a full-time student i also work full-time and live with my boyfriend dog and two cats in the house we bought two years ago whoa rub it in (laughs) Juggling work, school, and and the taking care of our home, I feel overwhelmed sometimes. I know going through this IVF process and the recent release of your book, you have got to be dealing with a little bit of stress. Do you have any advice for stress relief or general coping methods? I've only lasted this long with school because I haven't been full-time, but I will have to be full-time for the next two years for financial reasons, and I'm afraid I won't be able to handle it. Bobby. P.S. I'm a girl. My mom named me after my uncle and my grandpa, so I always accuse her of wanting a boy when she's pregnant with me just letting you know because when i donated you guys seemed unsure cool yeah it's bobby with an i um stress well a few a few things one is i find therapy to be very therapeutic and a good i forgot i forgot i have therapy tomorrow morning until just now Matt has therapy tomorrow morning. Um, I think that if you can, if you have like decent health insurance or you can afford it, you should try to go to therapy. I think that it's a great, great way to talk to someone about what you're going through right now. Um, I also find yoga to be very good for stress relief. I 
I started doing a lot more restorative yoga, which is basically like taking a nap in really comfortable, stretchy positions. Not even that stretchy. Like you're not, you're not supposed to strain at all. I love it. It's basically like an hour to an hour and a half of like meditation. Meditation's also good too. Sounds like you might be too busy for that kind of a time commitment for an hour and a half of. I mean, surely she can find an hour. Okay. Or she can do yoga. She can do yoga online. Like she doesn't, if she doesn't have time to go somewhere, there's a, there's tons of yoga classes you can do in your, in the comfort of your own home. Could do some diamond Dallas page yoga, DDP yoga. I don't know what that is. It's a former wrestler who started doing yoga. There you go. And he's, you know, wonderful. Yeah. See, he probably needed some stress relief. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, just uh, being kind to yourself and doing like doing nice things for yourself every once in a while is is important. Yeah. One way that Dory uh, deals with stress is uh, shopping. (laughs) I don't recommend that, though. No, we don't recommend that. But, uh, you know, it's not like she's buying crazy things. But the week leading up to her book coming out, no word of a lie. There was a pile of boxes next to the door that were as tall as I am. And it just, every day, it just kept happening. And Bo goes nuts. And so it's just every day at some weird time, I, my dog would attack the door. And I'd go, what? And I'd look at it. Because sometimes I'm like, oh, I forgot I ordered something. But it was not me at all. It was uh, Dory. That's how she dealt with a little bit of stress, too. Yep. And there haven't been any boxes since. It's true. Your book's done, and I look, and there's... Well, there's the box for Bo's microphone. Bo's microphone and Bo's dog food. Yeah. Those are the two boxes. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. All right. Hey, guys. Now that Start Up a Novel by Dory Shafrier has come out... (laughs) What are the chances of getting that long-awaited The Myra Method possibly available this fall from HarperCollins? Thanks, mm-hmm. David. Uh, filling you in, Dory, because you don't know. The Myra Method was, because Hardwick wrote The Nerdist Way, mm-hmm. I told him I was going to write The Myra Method, which was just self-help to turn everyone into me. Oh. Yeah. So it was like, you know, if there's two cakes, try both. You know, things like that. If if someone asks you to go somewhere, don't. I mean, you should write that. That's the Myra method. It's like a great anti-advice book. Yeah. It's like an anti-self-help well, book. It, no, it, just, it, it would literally exist to turn whoever reads it and follows the advice into Matt Myra. But wait, would everyone have to marry me? Uh, they don't have to. Hmm. But it's probably going to help book sales oh no sorry honey so that's the Meyer method it's a fake uh, self-help book we've always talked about doing on the nerdist sounds very funny um all right this is a very detailed star wars fan theory question i love a fan theory question all right should i read it are there names you're not gonna be able to pronounce luke skywalker yeah i know but it could be like all right. My coworkers and I often have conversations about different Star Wars topics. One of the more favorite topics is whether or not Luke Skywalker is a terrorist. Mm-hmm. The following. All right. Hear me out. 
Luke Skywalker is an orphaned farm boy that is radicalized after a military strike kills his family. He attached a picture of this with like like a meme-like picture. Sure. Um, he is then indoctrinated into an ancient religion, the Jedi, and joins a band of insurgents, the Rebellion, yeah. on a terrorist attack that kills 300,000 people. As my buddy and as my buddies and I work in the military intelligence field, we find this topic fun to discuss. Mm-hmm. All of the elements are there for Luke to be considered a terrorist. However, it is our hero, Luke Skywalker. But the more you unpack it, the more it is about a group of insurgents fighting against the government. Another thing to note is that one man's terrorist is another man's freedom fighter. Thanks, Michael. Yeah, inherently, yes. But you have to look at how the Empire came to power and what existed before the Empire. And it's not an insurgence, it's a rebellion. The Empire came into existence in a very nefarious way. It's, it's the enemy. Uh, and because we are, we are told that, we should understand that Luke is not. Luke is the old guard trying to regain society to be the way it was. Hmm. Now, if you look at Darth Vader and you go, well, that's a, that guy's in charge and that's that, then yes, Luke Skywalker is a terror. They're all terrorists. The entire rebellion is terrorists. So, you know, Admiral Akbar, terrorists. Mon Mothra, terrorist. Han Solo, rogue. <laughs> uh, handsome, too. Um, yeah, so that's, that's my explanation on that. Um, he also has a PS, uh-huh. a funny story about the Excellent Adventure Facebook group. Oh, dear. My wife posted in there a while back looking for people in our area, the greater Tampa area. She was about to find someone in our town... I don't know if I'll say what town he lives in. I'll just say the town. Mm -hmm. Uh, Not only was this person in the town, they also lived in the same neighborhood. Not only the same neighborhood, but the same street. Oh, my God. Not only the same street, but two houses down. Oh, my God. Bam. We had never spoken before, but they have a lot in common with us. IVF and lightning season ticket holders. Two Tampa Bay Lightning season ticket holders on the same block. That's the confusing part. <laughs> and we just never knew it. Now we have some new IVF friends. That's amazing. I love that. The podcast is doing good for some people. That is really funny. That's great. Um, all right. Clearwater? St. Pete. Where do they live? No, I don't. You think oh, we fine. should say it no, on the it's air? Fine, it's fine. He works in military intelligence. He'll find us. Yeah, I know. Um, all right. Hi, Matt and Dory. I just finished reading Startup a Novel by Dory Shafrir and reviewing it on Amazon. Thank you. Dory, is it possible for you to have an episode with a book discussion? I love the book and couldn't put it down, and I can't stop thinking about its themes and thought other listeners may feel the same way. I'm sure it would have to be a standalone episode, but I think there would be a lot of interest. Anyway, congrats on its release and a job well done. Emily from Iowa. Here's what I've been thinking about. What? All these authors that you have in conversation with you. Yep. I feel like they are all doing great work, but I'd do a better job. Uh Uh-huh. And you should have asked me to do one of the events. The end. Uh That event could be a podcast, though, on this very show. Yeah, why don't we do that? 
Uh, we'll do it after your book tour is over. That would be so fun. Uh, great. Done. Great idea, listener. Thank you, Emily from Iowa. Hi, Bo. Oh, question for Bo. Uh-huh. I'm not sure if your mom and dad recorded the bonus episode yet, but in case they haven't, I have a question for you. My name is Ben. I'm a five-year-old mutt. I've been with my mom and dad for two and a half years, and they keep asking me when I'm going to get a job. Mom suggested I be a hockey player because I could chase the puck around, but ice is almost water, and I hate water. Do you have a job? Is there a job you wish you could have? I was hoping I could work as a dishwasher, but apparently restaurants frown on that sort of thing. I love your show. I'm not sure about the stuff your parents talk about, but I am fascinated by the dog park and your piece of tennis ball. Uh Much love, Benji in Boston. We think the tennis ball is finally gone. Yeah. He nubbed it down to his last nub. (sighs) The... Okay. So. Bo, if you had a job... Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Were we, weren't we just talking about Bo having a job? I feel like we were talking about him dressed up yeah, like something. Dressed, was it dressed in a suit? Or dressed in a uniform? No, it was, yeah, he was dressed in a suit, and I don't remember why he was in a suit. I know, but it made me laugh a lot. Was it at the wedding? Hmm... It's very interesting. Is he a ring bear? Because we were just no, we were just talking about Bo having a job and wearing a suit. <laughs> was he a cater waiter? <laughs> no, it wasn't that either. It was something weirder. Um, but yeah, so but I think Bo is very capable of a lot of things. Um, one would be patrolling. Yeah, sure. He'd be great as a security guard for yep. the neighborhood. Yep. Um, assuming no cars were allowed to drive. Yep. Uh, otherwise, he'd get hit by a car. Yep. Um. He's also a fantastic uh, sniffer. He acts like he's... Here's the thing. He loves sniffing, but I don't think he's very good (laughs) at it. No, I think we came to that conclusion. Yeah, he loves sniffing, (laughs) but he's not good at it. But maybe we could train him to be good at it. Like his dream, I think, is to be a hound. Yeah, but he's not a hound. That's his dream. Bo's dream is to be a hound. (laughs) He's not a hound. He like puts his nose in the ground and just walks and sniffs and will miss food next to it like a, a four inches away. But you know, he also I think he also just likes like the aroma of the earth. He does put his head in the air, close his eyes, yeah. and take deep breaths <laughs> yes. a lot. Like he really does. And he also enjoys. He loves sticking his head out the window of a car loves, and yeah. sniffing. He loves sitting in the back seat of the car and. Just just as fast as I can go, he loves sticking his head out there and just looking out. Yeah. Um, and for the record, Bo has Bo is seat belted in both of our cars. He is. We got him a doggy seat belt, which is a He hated it at first, which but is now a steel He kind of has accepted it. It's like a steel uh cable a, yeah. with clips and it clips into where a child's car seat clips. And then it clips to the front of his harness. Yeah. 
And it gives him enough, like, he's got enough mobility where he can, like, sniff our faces and lick us if he has to. But also, his, he has freedom to go look out both windows. And also, if we stopped short, he wouldn't go flying through the windshield. Which he is, yeah, which he would almost do all the time. Yeah. So we were like, Bo needs a seatbelt. Yep. Um, all right. Thanks for that question, other dog. Yep. Thanks, Benji. Benji in Boston. We're in Boston. You didn't say that about Benji. No, I did. I said Benji oh. in Boston. I was probably just staring lovingly at Bo. <laughs> uh, I want to ask for advice since you both work in fields related to what I'm heavily interested. I'm interested in pursuing a career related to media relations, writing for a publication, or something related to entertainment media and pop culture in general, such as audio production. I just obtained my associate's degree and I'm torn between university options. There are a couple of schools about an hour away by car, but these schools seem to offer a bit more robust programs related to media and entertainment. On the other hand, my local university offers more broad general communications courses related to writing, video editing, and related fields versus offering an entire program dedicated to electronics media. I'm leaning towards the closer school due to the commute, time, and gas and accessibility to campus. Given that I will search for internships regardless of where I go, I want to ask how important you two think it is to go to a university that caters to a more specific or certain career versus a general path, teaching numerous skills. I know much experience is gained outside the classroom with internships and jobs, which, is, which I plan to stay on top of, so any advice would be appreciated. Cameron from Michigan. I think go to the more general school. I went to a school and my degree would have been, had I finished, would have been uh, digital media production. Which everything I did in that school, I wound up doing in life. Hmm. Um, From live television to editing to audio production to... Uh, website building that was the curriculum so you're saying go to the more specialized school well that's what worked for me right (laughs) i would also go i would think about where you can where has a good like if you're if you're in michigan and you're thinking of going to like the university of michigan or something like that somewhere with a strong alumni program Mm, mm-hmm. that's going to be your most helpful way for internships. Good point. So my advice to you is whichever school has the most successful people who have left it. Yeah. Go there. And what's their graduation rate? Yeah. My school, uh, when I was there, I think the most famous person who graduated from the art Institute is me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so and you didn't graduate. That's well, actually, yeah, that's a hundred percent true. Uh, Pebbles from nine jam in 94 five. He went there. Oh, okay. That was the other well, person. He did pretty well for himself. And, uh, I think Jim went there. Big Jim Murray. Who's that? Uh, he's on the, um, he's on Zolak and Bertrand. No, not Zolak and Bertrand. He's on the sports hub 98 five that I listen to all the time. Oh, sure. Mm hmm. Uh, did he go there? I think he might have gone there when it was back in the day when it Massachusetts Communications College, which was when I started there. That's what it was called before it got bought and then gutted and turned into garbage. (laughs) 
Still paying that back. Um, long time, first time. Oh, so Cameron, our advice is... Do some more research. Graduation rate, alumni program, think about it, you know? Yeah. Because if you could like go to Michigan and then intern for Tom Brady, how cool would that be? <laughs> uh, long time, first time. <laughs> My name is Chase from Texas, and I am a Matt Myra fan from way back. I asked that question to him uh, and Scott Mosier on an episode of Phoebe a couple of years ago. Oh, that's right. We would do Phoebe questions on Twitter. The question was, what is your favorite breakfast cereal to eat dry? (laughs) (laughs) Matt gave the respectable answer of Honey Nut Cheerios, and Scott said he didn't eat cereal and basically told me to go fuck myself. I was delighted by this. (laughs) That sounds like something Scott would say. (laughs) (laughs) Backstory aside... Uh, Dory, what is your favorite cereal to eat dry? I do like a Honey Nut Cheerio. Yeah. I also like a Life Cereal dry. A dry Life Cereal. You know, it's a little... Oh, by the way, this has changed this... Um, Chase is the person writing this. My cereal answer is different now. Whoa. So brace yourself. I'm ready. My favorite cereal to eat dry, and what gets me into the most trouble at work every morning, is Kix. Oh, interesting. I love a dry Kix. Huh. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Uh, He then says, take the shot A, which is a reference to our Canadian sniper character on Phoebe. He just, he would apologize every time he would shoot someone. Oh. Uh, Second question i'd like to know matt's thoughts on doing a dave matthews podcast with mike mitchell is mike a dave matthews fan i did not know that who's mike mitchell uh mike does uh doughboys oh um no you're not allowed to do any more podcasts that's true so true sorry chase so true but we're putting a moratorium on new podcasts for matt myra mike uh loves the patriots too He's from Boston. Hmm. You can, you can just be friends with him. You don't have to do a podcast with him. Sure. Whatever you say. Uh, that was uh, Chase. Twitter handle at Afro Skywalker. Cool. All right. Hello, Matt and Dory. Hello. I love your podcast so much. And I came by way of Gilmore Guys and a friend's recommendation. Oh. I was talking to Kevin last night, actually. It's not our dog barking. My bonus episode question is asking, when did you know you were ready to marry the other person? I've been in a relationship for almost four years, and we live together and have a pup together, but we are still in our mid-20s. Any advice moving forward? I try to live in the moment, but it's hard not to look towards the future. Thanks. And Dory, I went to my local bookstore to find Startup after it came out and couldn't find it. (gasps) I'm determined to get it locally, though. I might order from other bookstores I love. Do that. Order it from a bookstore. Yeah. Or that bookstore I wasn't in. You can order it from them. Tell them. Yeah, tell them to get it. Hey, I'd like to start up a novel by Doris Shafrir. I don't know if you saw the New York Times review, but it's astute and biting. Yeah. Can I have this book? Why don't you have this book? The New York Times reviewed it. Yeah. Those are all the things I would say, Sarah. Wait, the New York Times isn't good enough for you? Are you saying it's a small local paper just in New York? It was also reviewed in the Dallas Morning News. Fake news. Oh. All of it's fake news. Um, Portland Press Herald. There you go. I have to ask you 
that question she asked, which is, when did you know you were ready to marry the other person? I feel like we knew pretty quickly. We did. We knew very quickly, but we're also old. We are old. And, you know, I was in a similar situation that she was in. I was a little bit older. Me too. But I had been with someone for almost for three and a half years or something. We had a dog. You know, it was my dog, but it could, like, become our dog. We lived together. And we, like, sort of talked about getting married, but, like, it was never, like, quite, eh, like, it never quite felt right. Mm-hmm. And then we broke up. Yeah. I was in a similar situation. For- and I just learned on Instagram that he bought a sailboat. To- Good. <laughs> Listen, honey, I think maybe you should marry him. He's got sailboat money. No. Um... Yeah, so I was in a similar situation and you know, it just you know, just wasn't never felt right, never clicked. Yeah. Uh now you might be thinking it's because you're in your mid twenties that you're not feeling that sensation. But I got news for you. That's not why. <laughs> you know, sorry to be a downer, but <laughs> I feel like if you're waiting for it to click and it's been four years. Well, I mean, it's not that they're waiting for it to click. She tries to live in the moment, but it's hard not to look towards the future. Have you ever talked about this with your significant yes, other? Yes, we have some follow-up questions for you, Sarah. Have you talked about this with your significant like have other? You, have you what really, have the discussions been have like? Have you really broached it? Sarah, I'm going to ask you privately. Do you even want to get married now? I mean, that's the real question. If the answer is yes, then bring it up. Yeah. Talk about it. Yep. If the answer is no, then let's cut your escape. Cut your losses. <laughs> Um, no, it's hard to say with, you're also like, you're, you're in your fucking twenties. So like chances are, I gotta be honest with you. It's okay to waste that time. Yeah. It's your twenties. It's true. It's okay. It's true. You know, if you're in a comfortable situation and you want to be comfortable and you're in your twenties, then fucking be comfortable. If it's working for you now, then great. If it's not working for you, then think about a change. We have how many pages left? We have we're on, well, this is I've turned it to page ten. We have uh, eleven and a half more pages. I wonder. I wonder what we should do. How long? How long is this podcast so far? One hour and twenty minutes. Oh boy. Um. Hmm. Well, this is what I was saying. Like, we should come up with another incentive for a bonus episode. Yeah, Dory said we should come up with another incentive for a bonus episode. And I said, what? And then she said, I don't know. <laughs> okay, hang on. I have one. Oh. How many reviews do we have on iTunes right now? Let's see. Oh, that's, oh this is good. This is good. Everyone. <laughs> everyone. I like where his head is uh-huh, at. Uh-huh. Um, iTunes podcasts. Do, 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 do. So my thought is, if we're if we have a certain amount of reviews, what are we at right now? Wait. We could always get more reviews, more five star reviews. I want it. Dory's uh, clicking around her phone. You know, I don't. I don't use... You have your computer right next to you. Oh, yeah. But I'm already on my phone. I bet I could beat you in the time that you're doing it. Oh, my God. You're so mean. 
Also, my phone is slow. Okay, here we go. Yeah. Well, we have 384 ratings. But yeah, we that's don't, what I'm talking about. But we don't have that many reviews, written reviews. Do you care about... Uh, both are great. Okay. So, if we have 384, yep. here's what I would like. Yeah. I know a lot of you took the time to buy a book. Yeah. Which is fucking awesome. Yes. This is not going to take you that much time. Right. If you could, if you're listening to this bonus episode, chances are you like the podcast. Yeah. And if you like the podcast, it would help us out a great deal if you were to give us five stars on iTunes. Yes. And write a little something. Yep. Now, if you're like, that seems like a lot of work, then just hit us up with a five-star review and we're cool. But if you want to go the extra mile and you want to rate us five stars and write a little review, could be one line, could be three lines, could be eight lines, could be as long as some of these emails. Uh, and just tell people that why you enjoy the podcast. Let people know that it's maybe not just for people who are going through IVF. Let people know that it's really a show about two people in a relationship who give advice to people who are also in relationships and not in relationships. Yeah. Um, it's about the experience of being human. So if we have 384 reviews yes. right now, I would like to say that if we get to 750 reviews... I was going to say 1,000, but I'm okay with 750. If we get to 750 reviews, we'll do, we'll do the other half of these emails yeah. in another podcast that will take over an hour. Yeah. Um, and if we do this, I'm going to give us till May 25th. I was going to say 24th. May 25th. We are so on the same wavelength. If we can get to that by May 25th. I mean, I would love a thousand reviews, honestly. I mean, don't you think that, that's only 616 more people? 616 more people There's can rate and review us. people listen to this every week. On, if you guys can do that for us, that would be spectacular. And we would deliver yet another bonus episode. 1,000 reviews. 1,000. We're going for 1,000. We're going for 1,000 five-star reviews on iTunes. I'll be honest. I will settle if out of those 1,000, if 100 of them are four-star reviews, that's okay with me. Oh, okay. But I really would like a five-star review. Me too. That's our, that's our challenge to the audience yep, this week. We put it to you. One, by May 25th, if we have 1,000 reviews, guess what? You have a month that has six podcasts in it. That's just bananas. And we're fucking busy people. <laughs> yeah, I'm gone like half the month. I know, but we'll do it for you guys. We will. Uh, so I'm going to read this last page, page 10. Okay. And then we'll wrap it up. All right. Hi, Dory Matt. My bonus episode question for Matt. I know you're not a fan of Star Trek Into Darkness due to its rehashing of previous Trek plot lines. Correct. What did you think of Star Trek Beyond? In my opinion, it was the best of the current film series. I'm interested to hear your thoughts. Well, guess what, Jack? I loved it. I've seen it three times. <laughs> and I only watched it like a month ago. Wow. Remember? I was yeah. watching it. Yeah. I had only started I only watched I it a month like ago. You like you were so worried that you weren't gonna like it that yeah. you put off because I love Simon Pegg so much. I was a little worried that it was gonna be not great. I heard some not good things about it from people I trust, and I watched it and I said, Oh fuck, this is as good a Star Trek as I've ever seen. This was Star Trek. This was 
everything I loved about the old series wrapped into this new shiny package. Everyone was great in it. Um, did it have some problems? Not many, but it had, you know, a couple. I, I could have done without the motorcycle thing in the middle of it. But sure. other than that, I really enjoyed Star Trek Into Darkness, and I highly recommend it to everybody. It's up there. It's up there in the pantheon of First Contact, Wrath of Khan, Star Trek Six, Star Trek Four. Into Darkness is not in there. I meant to say Beyond, but <laughs> that's, yeah, those are my thoughts on that. Uh, and I go into it a little bit more on Star Trek The Next Conversation, which is a podcast I do about Star Trek, and I hope you listen, Jack, because it really would make sense for you to do so. Um, Dory. Yes. I hope the book tour is going great. I'm a slow reader, but I'm really enjoying Startup and wish you could have made a sh- made a stop in Atlanta. It would be awesome to have you sign my copy. Maybe well, someday down the road. Guess what, Jack? What? I'm going to be at the Decatur Book Festival Jack, over Labor Day weekend. You're getting so many things happening in your face right now. You so don't even know. I will be there. I will be in Atlanta. And I hope to see you Labor with your book. Day. When's Labor Day? September? Beginning of September. Oh, all right. Yeah. Sounds fun. Yeah, it'll be all right. It'll what be, am I going to do? Probably be hot as Bo hell. Bo and I are going to hang out. In Atlanta over Labor Day? It's going to be hot. Yes, it will be. Hi, Matt and Dory. I have a non-IVF question for you. I'm a mechanical engineering student and have in a, a few years I'll be applying during a master's in aerospace engineering from Caltech in Pasadena. Wow. My boyfriend is planning. This is this is this is legit. My boyfriend is planning on selling his house here in New Orleans, and we'll buy one together when we relocate. I've been looking at the real estate listings in Pasadena, and couldn't find any houses under half a million dollars. Oh, Tina! Oh, Tina! Sweet, sweet Tina! Sweet, sweet genius aerospace engineer (laughs) Tina, who's gonna move out here and eventually work at JPL. We got to talk. She then says, holy moly. (laughs) Uh, My question is, can you recommend some areas within commuting distance from Pasadena where we might find more affordable houses? I was going to say horses. Thank you. Tina Rowdio. Donor. Donor Tina Rowdio. Tina. Tina. You know, I have an idea. Tina. I have an idea. Listeners. Well, you have to learn about Los Angeles and the greater Los Angeles area. It's expensive area. as hell. Is it's, She's not kidding. And I guarantee you, the houses she probably lives in in New Orleans, if she dropped her house that she has in New Orleans into Pasadena, it would cost probably $1.5 million. So here's my idea. Okay. So, Tina, we have an idea for you. Azusa. Oh, Azusa... It's on the gold line. Azusa. The extended the gold line. You can take the gold line to Pasadena. Now, let me tell you about Azusa. It's the best city from A to Z in the USA. That's Azusa. <laughs> um, it's out there. It's a hall, but not to Pasadena. It's That's very what close I'm saying. And it's on the train. Right on the 210. But I don't know what real estate prices are like in Azusa. Okay. You got, you got your Azusa. Uh, you got your Baldwin Park. You got your Duarte. You got your Monrovia. Yeah. All these places along the 210, I feel like, are places you should look. Monrovia. Glendora. Yeah. I've, been, I've been, Brian Keith Etheridge, who is an executive producer on the Goldbergs, uh, keeps trying to get me to move to Monrovia. It's beautiful there. They have beautiful old craftsmen. <laughs> That's what he says. I've looked at it. Um, it's, it's very probably, far from it's LA. It's probably too hot for you also. Everything's too hot for me. 
Barnsdall Park is too close to the sun. <laughs> Wait, how does an EP on the Goldbergs commute from Monrovia every day? In a Tesla. Must take him two hours. Uh, I think that he said an hour and a half at most. But when there is no traffic and we leave super late at work, he's home in 35 minutes. Wow. Because, the you know, from the 10, you take the 10 to the to the 110 mm-hmm. and you're there very shortly because mm. the 110 goes through Pasadena. There's beautiful homes there. I've looked at them. Yeah. So, uh, but Tina, uh, real estate is crazy in Los Angeles. Uh, anything over 1400 square feet will cost a million dollars. Guaranteed. I think if you look in Monrovia, Azusa, Glendora, those areas I just said, and you can up your budget a little bit to say like six fifty. I think you can find something that you will be happy living in. Otherwise, you the, if you look at the cost equity situation, it might make sense for you to rent through school. Yeah, and and rent out your house in New Orleans. Yeah. So, Tina, buckle up. And then let's be friends, because I always wanted to be friends with an aerospace engineer. Uh, Question for each of you, if I may, this next question. This is from AJ. Dory. Yes. Is there going to be a sequel to Startup? Um, Possibly. I listened to your Nerdist episode, and you mentioned you'd be happy to see Startup in a show, and you thought the book ended like a season finale, leaving me impatient for the next season startup was made into a show would you write some or all of the scripts um i would want to write the pilot i think and i think that you should write the pilot thank you aj did you write this question as dory (laughs) (laughs) another ringer uh matt on phoebe I don't recall which episode. Phoebe, for those of you wondering, was the podcast that I do with Scott Mosher called Four Eyes and Beard. And it was a journey into friendship. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You mentioned someone writing a Beatles biography that was going to be released in three parts over several years. It's true. I believe it was being referred to as the most comprehensive Beatles biography ever written. And I was wondering where you were in reading it and what you thought of it. Would you recommend someone who never purchased a Beatles album but loves band biographies? No, because it is so detailed. I think there's so... Although, I don't know, because... So the first volume, volume two is not out yet. Volume one, it's called Tune In. This is the book that you were reading for months. Tune In, it's called Tune In and it's written by Mark Levinson who also wrote The Complete Beatles... I'm holding it because it's on our dining room table. The Complete Beatles Chronicle, the only definitive guide to the Beatles' entire career on stage, in the studio, on radio, TV, film, and video. So Mark Levinson, who's just a maniac, went through and... Like, I can tell you that on Wednesday, the 28th of August, 1963, I just opened up this book. Uh... Again, from 9.30 a.m., the Beatles were filmed in a dressing room at the BBC's Dickinson Road premises in Manchester, frankly discussing their past and their aims and hopes of the future. Considering that the present boom probably wouldn't last much, they were also filmed applying theatrical makeup as if they were about to go on stage for the previous day's concert shoot. 
and intentionally walking around backstage with their guitars as if they were about to make a BBC television appearance. That's what they were doing on Wednesday, August 28th, 1963. So he just recreated all this stuff. No, he tells you like every day what they were doing. Like, honey, what's, let's talk about your birthday. What year in the okay. 60s would you like to know what they did um, on your birthday? 1964. Okay, so 1964. This is Mark's book. So volume one is 1,000 pages. And it covers the Beatles' birth to nineteen sixty New Year's Eve, nineteen sixty-three. Okay. And volume two is supposed to cover sixty-three to sixty-six, and uh, the first book came out four years ago, and he has Whoa. not finished the second book yet. Um, so you wanted nineteen sixty-four. Mm-hmm. You wanted May sixteenth. 1964 that's right guys dory's birthday is fast approaching what are you getting her i hope you're getting her a five-star review on itunes or a five-star review on amazon or a five-star review on amazon for her book oh man is that what we should have asked for no i think we've been neglecting the podcast we have been neglecting the podcast in in that regard we've been pushing the book a lot so i think it's good that we're asking for something for the podcast so, Dora, you picked probably the busiest year in the Beatles' schedule. Well, right that was at, why I picked it. Right at the height. Yeah, I know. Of Beatlemania. Uh, guess what? What? Friday, May 1st and Friday, May 22nd. <gasps> guess what? Well, on your birthday, the Beatles were holidaying abroad. <laughs> oh, good. So, I hope you're happy with that. They were probably like skinny dipping and stuff they were probably just having a great time being the beatles do you want to know what they did on my birthday in 1964 sure. uh august 2nd on the bill kinks described nothing they were doing nothing on my birthday mm. in 1964 all right really really just everything just the wind came out of my sails in this yeah. This awesome thing I was going to show you all the things they were doing and then nothing. All right. Well, I think we can move on. Okay. Okay. Sorry. So that was that question. Um, Is that it? Would you recommend it to someone who's never purchased the Beatles album but loves to read band biographies? It's so detailed, my friend. I don't know how much. I haven't read have. it yet, but I bet Rob Sheffield's new Beatles book is great. Rob Sheffield has a Beatles book? Yes. It just came out. I, I I love Rob I was Sheffield's get it books. For you. Why didn't you get it for me? Because I've been a little busy. Rob, send a copy. <laughs> you used to work with him. I know. It came out the same day as my book. We tweeted at each other like, hey, happy pub day. What? Yeah. I didn't know this. What was he doing in New York I think, then? In fact, I think my tweet to him was like, I'm going to buy this for my husband. <laughs> he had a He had a book release party. Same day as us? Yeah. Rob hated the goldbergs the pilot of the goldbergs oh hated it oh uh, so much so that we named the season opener of season two love is a mixtape <laughs> <laughs> but what he hated about it was the fact that it's such a vague recollection of the 80s yeah I could see that really. Bo- I was actually oh, it, that was what I was going to guess was yeah. what galled him about it, it. Killed him that they were like mentioning Run DMC's second album while also mentioning something right. that happened two years later. I I mean, 
that I that would especially drive Rob Sheffield crazy, and so, I understand that. Yeah, but Rob, what I'd like to say to you is that your books are phenomenal, and he I love a, them. Rob Sheffield is a phenomenal human being. Uh, he is like the kindest, fantastic soul. writer. Um, really love both your books. Uh, he's not listening books. to this podcast. I know. I don't know why I'm acting like he is. Maybe he is. I don't he's think. Not. He, I don't think he is. Definitely isn't. But. Um, I can tell him. Yeah, please tell him. All right. I'm a huge fan of Rob Sheffield's work, even though he hated the show I work on. <laughs> and on that note. Uh, on that note, guys, if you want to hear the rest of these questions. Leave us. Leave us a review, a review on iTunes. On iTunes. It's pretty easy to do. If we get to a thousand reviews, we'll do the second half we by will, May 25th. It would be fucking awesome if you could do that. It would be us. very cool. You guys are the best. Uh, stay cool. And thanks Stay for all the classy. great questions. Also, like we got a couple of like somewhat similar questions, but really we didn't get any of like the same questions. Yeah, you guys are a great audience, and uh, we, we love you. We know that you're going to earn that bonus episode. And guess what? We'll be talking to you in like four days. Yeah, that's the beauty of a bonus episode. Yep. Uh, Is this our longest episode ever? I don't know. I feel like it's not. I feel like Mark when we had Mark on, it was almost two hours. Oh. I'm imagining that, though. I don't know. Yeah. All right. Longest podcast I've ever done. Was Pete Holmes? Yeah, probably. But I did. I think we did a couple of James Bondings that hit the three-hour mark. Well, you did Gilmore Guys that hit three hours. Oh, yeah. I did some Gilmore (laughs) Guys time, you guys. Oh, boy. That was that with the the last time you did Gilmore Guys was the famous night when I thought you were dead. Oh, that's true. That's right. It was a famous <laughs> night. Um, thanks for listening. Everybody, we'll see you. As a, as a very, we'll never see you unless we run into you in person. But you'll hear us again real soon. Yeah. And and ask me questions on Reddit tomorrow, Friday, 9 a.m. Pacific. Friday, 9 a.m. Pacific. 12 p.m. Eastern. 12 p.m. Eastern. If you're on Reddit, slide on into her, into her not DMs. Yep. And uh, ask her anything. If you had a question that didn't get answered, ask her it. Yeah. Um, but if you want to hear more bonus episode, leave that review. Leave that review on iTunes. Okay. Bye. Bye. Maybe, maybe, maybe get that Beatles book. It's really good. It's very detailed. Or Rob's book. I can't believe Rob. I'm, I'm gonna like download it now. Okay. Now that I've read your book, I'm allowed to read other books again. Yeah, totally. What a treat. Okay. Rob, coming for you, buddy. Cause baby, it's you. La 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 la. Baby, it's you.